And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Not one thing, it's another, folks. So I'm being told that our theme music is not playing. So I may have to do some adjustments here. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here. And it is Thursday. The end of our week here for this program. We do appreciate all of you being here. If you are uh, inclined to uh, join us by podcast format, we're on iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, Double Twist, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Listen Notes. And uh, the chat's open. The comments are open. We've got an email address live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. And we have a newsletter if you want to sign up for that as well. And I came in this morning uh, not really knowing what we we're going to talk about today and still kind of am leaning and not really solidified into anything in particular, but I think it's worthy of note, mention, that uh, Brendan Fraser is trending this week. Well, not really trending. I mean, he's just all over, uh, all over social media for the last week and a half. For whatever reason, I don't know how this got started. But uh, Brendan Fraser has been the subject of a number of social media posts where people are professing their their actual appreciation for the actor, uh, who is reportedly a very nice guy. And... I don't know what started this. I'm not going to complain about it. I think this is great that he's getting the attention that he probably should have had many, many, many moons ago. Uh, he was a breakout star. He was uh, he was all over the place, and then he wasn't. And uh, it turns out there's a reason why that happened. And a lot of people are now calling for the fourth mummy movie. People want to see Brendan Fraser back as Rick O'Connell to to complete and finish and continue the Mummy franchise. So that's interesting to see. And and I I don't have any particular Brendan Fraser stories as far as uh, as far as that goes, I remember, I mean, I appreciate the Mummy series. I think that they were they were fun. Um, the last one, not quite as much as the others. 
Uh, Mindy says he was amazing in Scrubs. See, I don't wa- I didn't watch Scrubs. Uh, I I don't know why I never really had very much of an interest in Scrubs. Probably because it was just a, another it was another sitcom. It was another hospital show, and it wasn't science fiction, so I didn't have any interest in it. Which you know, it's the way it is. But are are you mouthing over there at me, Mrs. Boss? There's a microphone on your desk. I keep having to remind her that if she wants to talk to me during a show, what? All right. It's on. Yes. I'm just saying that um, if anybody hasn't seen Scrubs, but if you... It's a good show, first of all. But anyway, his role that he plays on... The show will make you cry. It's one of those ones because you know how good of an actor he is. Yes. And this one with him there really just kicks you in the gut. Okay. So, yeah. And there is a genre based aspect to it. Scrubs? Well, for what he played, yes, and oh. Scrubs in general, yes. Scrubs in general, how can how is they that a how epi- is that a genre there's show? Episodes that okay, having a having a genre themed episode doesn't make it a genre show. No, but right. like in the case with him in there, on that it was. I'll explain it to you later. Okay. So there's no spoilers. Okay. Anyway, so Brendan Fraser, a lot of people talking about how they appreciate him, both as a person and as an actor. Uh, And, of course, there's a lot of discussion again over the article in GQ that details out some of the reasons why he disappeared for a while. Uh, The allegations that he makes against an executive named Burke at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, who apparently, allegedly... Um, got handsy with Mr. Fraser backstage at one of the Golden Globes presentations, and uh, and that has just recently come out here. And the Hollywood Foreign Press was looking into it. I don't know whatever came of it, uh, but um, but it's nice to see because Brandon Fraser is back. I mean, he's been on Doom Patrol now, playing Robot Man. Uh, he's been in The Affair. He's been in a couple of other uh, trust uh, is, and, you know, miniseries and, and different things where he's coming in as a as a character actor of sorts. But he's also Brendan Fraser. And people are sitting there going, that's Brendan Fraser? So it's good to see he's getting work. It's good to see that he's back. Um, I don't know that we'd ever get a Mummy 4 just simply because that's not where the where the Hollywood executives are sitting these days. I think it would be a smart move, uh, especially given now that um, oh, what's her name? Rachel Weisz is in the Black Widow movie. Uh, this would certainly be the time for a reunion of sorts because uh, you know she's she's got the physicality still uh, being a a black widow action person in that movie. 
Uh, hello, Joe uh, Catapano. Welcome. I don't think I've seen your name in here before. It's good to see you there, sir. Uh, and if you have been here before, welcome back. I have not. Uh, I have not noticed. It was good to have you. It's, it's always good to see new people show up in the chat. It's good to see uh, people come back. It means we're doing something right. Maybe, possibly. But uh, yeah, I think it would be a good time for a Mummy Four because you know you've got. I mean, everybody is still around. Oded uh, uh, Oded Ferrer is is here, and Rachel Weiss is still around. Britton Fraser. Just not, um, well, the missed opportunity, and I've seen this discussed a few different places, was the fact that the Mummy movies uh, have always featured the Mummy. And if you look back and, and see what could have happened, uh, Rick and his, and his, uh, and his entourage could have expanded out and instead of facing the the mummy every time they could have done all sorts of stories with all the different universal monsters so you know you do the mummy and then you turn around and have Rick O'Donnell uh, Rick O'Connell meet the werewolf and you know at some point they stumble across Frankenstein's castle and and run into you know Frankenstein's monster there's all sorts of things you could do with that uh, so, yeah, missed opportunities all around, and you know, there's nothing that says they couldn't do it. But Hollywood, being Hollywood, they want to they want to do this dark universe over there at Universal, the monster verse. And right now, it seems like everything is kind of all uh, each story's on its own. The Invisible Man was its own thing. Uh, they're doing some kind of a mummy thing. Uh, that's going to be uh, not connected to any any of the rest of it. But I think that if you were to do a shared universe uh, with the universal monsters, you have to have fun with it. You've got to do something uh, that pulls people in not just because of the monster. Uh, I know I've seen a lot of discussion about uh, Godzilla versus Kong and it's almost like there's two movies in that movie. You have the monsters, you have the monster fight, you have the kaiju and all of that, you know, let them fight all the combat. And then you have the stuff with the humans. And the majority of the comments that I've seen about that part is that it's the weakest part of the whole film is everything having to do with the people. And that's fine. I mean, if you go into it knowing what kind of movie it is, and the people who are making it know what kind of movie it is, then, you know, the people are incidental. But if you go in looking for a story, the story involves uh, people and motivations and, and conflict and that sort of thing. I mean, if you're just going to do a kaiju slugfest, then just do that, you know, it could be a silent picture. You know? Godzilla wanders, you know, he's, he's swimming around. He wanders up on this island. He kind of walks up. King Kong says, hey, what are you doing here? And let's slug it out for two hours. You don't need people. But that's not why you go to the movies. I mean, in, enough of that is enough. You can't 
sustain that. And you can't lose sight of the fact that people ground that film, and they or any film. People and the the real elements of a of a film help the audience stay grounded when they encounter all of the CG and the effects and the spaceships and the ray guns and the pew-pew and the dragons and the whatever else. You have to have people to make it connect. And if the people scenes in Godzilla vs. Kong are weak, then it diminishes everything else. But if, if, if this is the monster-verse... You know, that's how they're going to go with Godzilla and King Kong and, and Ghidorah and whoever else shows up over there. Okay. If you want to do a monster, uh, a monster verse like Universal Monsters with, with you know, the mummy and King Kong, uh, sorry, the mummy and Dracula, the werewolf and, and uh, Frankenstein's monster and that sort of thing, then you have to, you have to have the human element, and it has to work. And in the Mummy series with Brendan Fraser, it worked. It absolutely works. Because you have action, you have romance, you have suspense, you have danger and thrills, and comedy. And it's that mix, I think, that makes it work. Hello, Cam, 1138, welcome. It's good to have you back. I see you survived Open Line Wednesday. That's good. That's good to have you have you here. So, what are your Brendan Fraser stories? What are your uh, what are what are the things that you like about his performances? What are your favorite films that have him in it? Um, I have to, I have to admit I did not see George of the Jungle or uh, or um, Dudley Do Right because. To me, uh, he was miscast in those. Um, maybe not so much George of the Jungle, but Dudley Do Right certainly. Um, he was he was definitely I thought miscast on that, and I didn't have any interest in seeing either of those films because there's only so there's only a certain way that you do those things. And having already seen what they did with Rocky and Bullwinkle, it just you know I didn't have a whole lot of faith in. Uh, in any of that, I I just you know, eh, okay, fine. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. Some cartoons don't translate well into live action or CG. What was the movie with Ricky Lake? You're looking it up, okay? Mrs. Boss is looking it up. Ricky Lake. I mean, Ricky Lake was in several films, so I don't know if she was in anything with Brendan Fraser, but uh, anyway. So there's that. And then there's this thing, you know, I'm looking at, I guess I guess today's theme, if we were going to look at themes, today's theme would be things that are being discussed on the internet that should or should not be. Uh, Jordan Peterson as the Red Skull is another thing that I've been seeing a lot of discussion about online over the last few days. And Ta-Nehisi Coates has taken, apparently, uh, has taken the words and the philosophies of Dr. Jordan Peterson and has put them into the mouth of the Red Skull. Basically, uh, b 
basically juxtaposing Jordan's philosophies and teachings with the Nazi villain of the Captain America series. Now, a lot of people have criticized Tony Coates already as a racist, as a as a race hustler, as somebody who is a left wing activist. Um, and rightly so. I mean, if you read some of the stuff that he's written in The Atlantic, he is very clearly uh, to be generous and polite, he is he is race biased, let's say. Uh, he's a bigot. And it's, you know, it's very, it comes clear through in some of his stuff for The Atlantic. And not too many people are, th- are thrilled with his run on Captain America because of what he's done with the Captain America character. But now he's come in and put Jordan Peterson's words in the mouth and the blog of the Red Skull and, and you know, putting forth this notion that the Red Skull is using the same kind of philosophies to recruit disaffected young men who have no direction in their lives. So, hey, come and be a minion for the evil villain Nazi Red Skull. And this kind of thing just never works. Whatever, whatever your political notions, whatever your political affiliations, when you, when you try, we've seen this before. I mean, when, when Patrick Stewart's making, uh, making notes in his interviews that, that the first season of Picard is about Brexit and Trump, that turns people off. Science fiction especially, yes, it's an examination of humanity. It's a way for us to take a look at ourselves. But if you're too on the nose with the things what are going on right now, one, you run the risk of dating the story and it doesn't hold up over time. But two, you end up being too close to whatever it is that's going on and you run the risk of alienating half three-quarters of your audience. I mean, nobody's buying these comic books. Cam says, Coates is a bigot. His hatred makes him incapable of seeing things anywhere close to objective. I would, I would say that's a, that's a reasonably fair take on that. I have not read uh, his run on Captain America. I haven't gotten any interest in reading it after reading what I, you know, after reading what he wrote in The Atlantic. You know, the various different things that he has said just as himself. And and to know that he's going to be the one writing the next Superman picture, there are a lot of people that are not going to go see the next Superman picture. And I think, I mean, there's still the chance that that doesn't happen. It's just development at this point. He writes a script and it's possible that Warner Brothers sits there and goes, oh, we can't do this script. We don't like this script to do something else. But... Uh, there's the cynical part of me and there's there's a part of me that's a little cynical. <clears throat> there's a part of me that thinks that this is a setup. This whole, you know, ta coach writing Black Superman is a setup. Because let's say there's a hue and cry because right now it feels like there's a battle going on over Warner Brothers between AT&T and HBO Max 
versus Warner Brothers and Warner Media. Some want to do the Snyder verse, some don't. And is there a possibility the Snyder verse comes back to HBO Max? Maybe if if the War if the AT and T guys think that there's any way that they can make money with it, sure. And that takes it out of the Warner Media Warner Brothers side. And now you have competing story universes between whatever it is that Warner Brothers and Sarnoff and, and Toby Emmerich want to do and Walter Hamada and whoever ends up being in charge of the, of the project over at HBO Max plus, you know, Zack and Deborah Snyder. Yesterday, what was it, yesterday or the day before when I saw that about Dwayne Johnson? Yesterday, Dwayne Johnson's coming out saying that he'd like to produce Man of Steel too. He he wants he wants to face off against the Justice League of Zack Snyder's universe. But he'll only do it and, theatrical. Yeah, and and it needs to be a theatrical thing instead of HBO Max. So that puts another wrinkle into it, and you have to remember too that Henry Cavill and and Dwayne Johnson both have the same representation. They have the same agent. It's Dwayne Johnson's ex-wife. And they're all super good buddies. So who knows where this is going to land. But when you look at the, the, the battle that seems to be brewing over Warner Brothers, and whether or not Hollywood learns its lessons when it comes to fan activism, if, if they've got Ta-Nehisi Coates coming in to write a Superman. And granted, it's not going to be Black Clark Kent. They would not be that stupid. It's likely to be Val Zod, who is the new 52 Black Superman of Earth 2. And, and not even Calvin Ellis. Calvin Ellis is Earth-23, so it's completely different. But Val Zod, the way we're hearing, you know, the, the descriptions that we're hearing is that it's another survivor of the explosion of Krypton. So another Kryptonian. And that makes it Val Zod. So let's say Val Zod shows up, and we're doing this, this movie with black Superman Val Zod. Well, if it does not go forward, if there's enough pushback from fans, if there's enough people that are sitting out there saying, we don't want this movie, we're not going to see this movie, we're not going to buy tickets, and you're not going to make money on this movie, and they do it anyway, and they don't make as much money as they hope, well, then it's because you're a racist. And that, that just feels like the setup that's coming here. Because that's what we've seen before. We have saw it with Ghostbusters in 2016. We saw it with Captain Marvel. If you don't like it, then you are ist, phobe, fill in the blank, checkmark. And I have to wonder, because you've got these articles that have been coming out over the last few weeks about toxic fandom. It just feels like they're building a narrative here. It feels like they're sitting there going, well, how do we how do we do this? And then if it fails, we can blame the we can blame the people who purport to be fans. Yeah, Cam said, what happened if you don't like it, don't buy it. 
you know, that only works. That's that's part of that rules for thee and not for me kind of thing. Because when you got somebody like Kelly Sue DeConnick who sits there and says, if you don't like my politics, don't buy my book. And then they don't. And she loses her work and she's not doing any work. There are consequences. I think I think that's I think that's actually what consequence culture is about. You know, you do something stupid or you say something stupid and people don't buy your product. Then that's on you. Yeah, Cam, it relates to what we talked about yesterday. They now have to blackmail people into buying their trash product. I wouldn't go so far as to say trash product all the time. I think because there is a way that you can do moral of the story type stories and do it effectively and do it well and do it without insulting people or, and ticking them off to where they take their money and go someplace else. There's nothing inherently wrong with message in your fiction. But if message overwhelms the fiction, if the message is the point of the whole thing, and then it becomes more propaganda and, and preaching rather than entertaining, then yeah, you have a problem. And then if you sit there and you insult the people who say, yeah, it's really not my bag. Well, how dare you, 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 you. But I don't know that... Well, see, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I could say I, I, would, I, would, have, I would have said that I don't think they're interested in profit. But based on what AT&T is doing, there could very well be a, a debate a back and forth between the people who want to make money with their business and the people who want to score virtue points with their business. And that feels like there are a lot of places where that's coming to a head, not just with the Warner Brothers, but you see that with, you know, Coca-Cola, uh, for example. A lot of people are, sp are spreading that meme, you know, they take a, a still shot of the the 1970s, I'd like to buy the world a Coke TV commercial, and they're juxtaposing it with the Be Less White HR training from this year. And they're saying, hey, Coke, what's up? What's up with this? You know, there's blowback with Major League Baseball taking the taking the All-Star game out of out of Atlanta. That is going to blow up in their face. I have no doubt that Major League Baseball will incur the wrath of a few people with that. Because who are they hurting? Who hurts, you know, who gets, who gets penalized from that decision to pull that event out of Atlanta? A lot of businesses in Atlanta are, are owned by black Americans. You know, black neighborhoods, you know, African-Americans work in those businesses and you're going to take millions of dollars out of the event and hospitality and tourism business of Atlanta. Who does that hurt? That's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt anybody in Major League Baseball. What? Well, yeah, and it... The, the, 
Well, and this and this whole thing being about the gun laws, Den- Colorado has well, no, voting voting laws, not gun laws, voting laws. Colorado already has the same kind of thing in place. So you're so you're making a you're making a lot of noise over nothing. And this and this is the same as Disney and any of the movie studios sitting there going, "Well, I don't think we're going to do business in Georgia anymore." Who does that hurt? You're not going to hurt the politicians. You're not going to you're not going to really you don't hurt your customer base that way. The customer base has already decided they're going to leave. You're already starting to lose money. So who does it hurt? It hurts the people who are in business in those cities where you do the work. They're not rich people. It's not going to hurt it's not going to hurt the wealthy. You're hurting the middle and, you know, upper middle class, middle class, lower income. All of those people get hurt because the money is no longer in that area of the country. There's a reason why states put together incentives for uh, movie studios and television studios to come do business there. Louisiana, Atlanta, Georgia. Michigan had it for a while. Missouri had sort of something for a while. Kansas, Texas. You offer incentives for companies to come and do business in your state because it puts money into the local economy. And that's who gets hurt when you pull that business out, Major League Baseball. And now you're going to have a rift because the Atlanta Braves are sitting there going, well, this is not a good idea. Virtue signaling, keyboard warrioring, as these corporations are doing, is going to do more harm to the fabric of the industry they're in. This will rip apart Major League Baseball if it is continued as a, as a, a battle, because it's a philosophical and political battle. It's an ideological thing. It doesn't have anything to do with business. All of these, you know, white text on black cards and your social media, that's, that's just a bunch of, of nonsense BS that means nothing. Make your logo rainbow color for Pride Month. What else? Who cares? Check the box for the month. It doesn't mean anything. It's not... It's not doing something. If you really want to do something about race relations, then you get on the ground and you actually do something. You get involved in the neighborhoods and the local municipalities and the, and the different organizations that are trying to heal the rift, as it were. PR moves and PR statements and press press releases and, and press conferences, that won't do squat. It won't influence anyone. It won't persuade anyone. 
It won't convince anybody, change anybody's mind. Because ultimately, what comes out is like what we saw at Coca-Cola. Try to be less white. I mean, what kind of BS is that? Who does that, who does that help? How does it help? And then you get somebody like Ta-Nehisi Coates being, being courted to write a Superman movie? Superman of all people? Truth, justice in the American way? Something that Ta-Nehisi Coates has trashed in his articles in the Atlantic? How does that track? We are at a point in our history where there are a lot of people in one or two generations who don't understand squat about history. They haven't learned history. They don't, they don't know it. They don't know enough to look it up. And we're at the point now where segregation is becoming a thing again. How is this progress? Ta-Nehisi Coates is the last person that you would want writing a Superman movie. Whether it's Clark Kent Kalel or Val Zod or Calvin Ellis or anybody else. Because you know what's going to happen. You're going to have right in the middle of everything or all of it, there'll be a Black Lives Matter virtue signal. The entire movie will be centered around that. And what happens then? Because if the statistics are bearing out, if the rumors are true, then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, when they did it in the second episode, according to the statistics from various different companies that measure online viewing, Falcon and the Winter Soldier dropped a lot of audience in that part where, the, where uh, Sam and Bucky are confronted by the cops down in New Orleans. 83%, I think, is the number that I saw. People turned it off and didn't come back. Now, it didn't quite play out the way you would think that it might if you're going to get right down in the nitty-gritty and do a Black Lives Matter virtue signal. It didn't quite go that far. But it had the very real potential to do that. And people are starting to get tired of it. People are starting to get tired of the, the message, message, message that really is meaningless, has absolutely nothing to do with reality. But we're going to say the right things so the right people on Twitter don't get mad at us. And that's all it comes down to. We don't want to be canceled by those 15-year-old mean girls on Twitter. Hello, Matt Ween. Ahoy there. 
just stopping by. You don't ever stay. You need to stay. It's good to see you, though. And I think... Brendan Fraser might actually... I don't, you know, I don't know if a, if another mummy, mummy movie with Brendan Fraser would sell or not. Because in the culture that we're in, in the climate that we're in, he's he's a he's a, an excellent actor. Everybody loves him. But he, he's well, he's white, but he's also if he were to play that kind of character again, the Rick O'Connell type hero, swashbuckling Indiana Jones type, then you'd probably have people going after the toxic masculinity that comes inherently in that kind of a character. And you'd have the blue hair check marks all over the place complaining and griping about white male power fantasy These people don't want you to enjoy anything. I just, I'm I'm not looking forward to a black Superman written by a black left wing activist. Just because you're black doesn't mean that you're the best person to write for a black character. Christopher Priest has even complained that. You know, he stopped he stopped working for the big two because all they wanted to do is have him write black characters because he's black. So what? He's over he's over on Dynamite uh, writing Vampirella, tearing it up too. Everybody's everybody likes what he's doing over there. <laughs> Cam writes a good, good question. If there's so much power and privilege in a group, why would there be a need for power fantasies? That that's a good question. Now i i do I do make the point, and i have I have the uh, I have the 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 regular sentiment that when you talk about you know people who want power, people who have power, and people who try to you know when when they get it, they want to keep it, and they'll do anything that they can to keep it, and. If you have if you have people that have power, they don't necessarily fantasize so much about having it as they want to do whatever they can to keep it, to maintain it, to make sure that they don't lose it. Uh, politicians do it. Uh, religious leaders sometimes can fall victim to that mentality, that way of thinking. Corporate executives do it. Um, and then, you know, office politics being what they are, if I've got power, you know, we're looking to see what's, what's going on with, with Star Wars over at Lucasfilm. You know, we're hearing rumors, and again, these are all rumors. There's no way to substantiate of this. If any of you at Lucasfilm want to give us a scoop, I'll take it. But we hear that John Favreau is starting to flex his muscles over there a little bit and say, okay, look... Enough is enough. Will he win? Are there really factions over there? We don't know for sure. 
I guess we'll find out come September, October when Kathleen Kennedy is supposed to make her exit. We'll see. But a person's politics do not necessarily make him the right person to tell the story that you want to tell. Whatever that story is. Hello, Mazerus. Jumping in the chat there. Good to see you. Hey, now that I've got, let's see, what have I got? We've got Cam, Mazerus, uh, Joe, Matuin. Do we have four? Do we have five? Do we have enough people? Yeah, Mazerus says, Doomcock has a new video up about Kathleen Kennedy, by the way. I haven't listened yet, just catching a break from work. Yeah, I've, I've seen that he's posted something, and, and he did have something about Favreau. And the plan, what involves Cara Dune, and it's a doozy. It's, uh, it's, an, interesting, it's an interesting rumor, if it's true. And it would have been a fun story. If he had been able to tell it. it. I don't know that we'll ever get it. But you know. It's one of those. If onlys. I guess. Alright so here we go. Robert in the chat. Welcome. So uh, I have a I have a request. What? Uh, I'm in Twitch. You're in Twitch. Okay so Mindy is over there in Twitch. Oh, If you have a Twitch account. I don't even know if you if you have to have I guess you do in order to chat. But we need to scratch off one of the boxes on on our thing uh, on our list of uh of achievements, our list of goals, our our checklist of different things to build our channel up. We need to have 5 people talking in the chat at a particular time. So if you have a Twitch account, I'm going to leave this up. If you have a Twitch account, uh, if you want to jump over twitch.tv slash sci-fi for me, jump in the chat and just say hi. Just say a hello. There's Cam. There's you. Okay, so there's three. Well, four if you want to count Streamlabs because Streamlabs popped a, a, a thing in there. So there's, and there's Telosian. Hello. Tel is it Telosian? All right, so there's there's a few. So maybe maybe we'll get to check off a box. Our our goal is to get our Twitch channel up to a hundred followers, and then we're going to start watch parties again. I'm I'm thinking. Um, can you look up and see if Spaced Invaders is available through Amazon Prime, Mrs. Boss? Uh, because I think I want to put that on on the on the list of our, our of our watch parties. We've been talking about uh Psycho Gorman, we've talked about Battlefield Earth, we've talked about L Street nineteen seventy seven, which is a Star Wars documentary. Uh there's a there's a list floating around the studio here on the various different titles of different things that we could watch. And it basically uh oh that's Mazerus. Telosian is Mazerus. Okay, got it. All right. But the uh, the idea is that you can watch the movie with us, and we do a little commentary track up in the top window, and you can you can listen to one or the other or both as you as you desire, and then our track is what stays after the movie is done. So it's it's basically it's a rental for the film. You have to have an Amazon Prime account. Spaced Invaders. It's a fun movie. 
It's not very good, but it's fun to watch. Uh, Douglas Barr is in it. We talked about it on Monday night on the H2O uh, podcast. Huh? It's not a prime. Rats. Is the mummy? Maybe we'll do a watch party on the mummy. Let's let's capitalize on all of this Brendan Fraser love. Ooh, ooh. What if we could get Brendan Fraser to join us? That would be very fun. I think I might have to send some emails. Please. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I just asked someone to go hop in there. Yeah. Uh, Major says, as someone who, who memorizes MST3K episodes since 1993, I'll be all over that. Funny you should mention MST3K. They just launched a Kickstarter for their next project. Uh, make more MS3TK and build... Oh, I just wrote it down. Um, let me look it up. Because it is a Kickstarter project they just launched, and they've already crossed a million and a half dollars on it. Uh, MST... Yeah. Let's make more MST3K and build the Gizmoplex. That is uh, on... Uh, on Kickstarter now, 29 days to go. They've got over 10,000 backers, almost $2 million. They're just about to hit their goal, and they've only been going, I think, three days. Uh, so basically what they're going to do is they're going to make more MST3K, but the Gizmoplex is going to be uh, an online theater, uh, online channel where they can... Uh, have live screenings and special events and they basically host itself. Basically, they're looking to do what we tried to do last year when we did our Indiegogo. Essentially. But they've got more street cred than we do, I guess. So so there is that. That's over on Kickstarter. All right, so we have one, two, three, four, five. Five. Oh, um, money? I, yeah, I, I I see. We've got a few. Um, all right. So, uh, Major says, especially now that we see how successful the last season was on Netflix with crowdfunding, and all the guests with Mark Hamill was a guest last season. I think it'll, I think it'll be, you know, it'll be fun to watch. I mean, as long as they don't go completely sideways with, uh, with, with politics or anything. Uh, Rowan Thistlebottom subscribed to our Twitch channel. Wow, that's uh, that's very welcome to see. Welcome, good to, good to have you there. So that's a new subscriber, not just a follower, a subscriber. So uh, excellent. That's uh, that's nice to see. That's very gratifying. I can I, I I'll sleep well tonight with that. So all right. Uh, Major says I need I see a new subscriber graphic on the Twitch side of your stream. Um, on the uh, a new subscriber graphic. See, I'm still I'm still wrapping my head around Twitch. Um, a new subscriber. Oh, like a little graphic that popped up. Is that what you mean? 
little graphic popped up on the screen that we got a new subscriber. Uh, that I think those things are, uh, those are those are active. Those are on. I didn't hear it go off, but yeah. Um, these new little bells and whistles. I'm old. I don't know any of this stuff. I'm not sure where anything is. So, um, so yeah. But anyway, all right. So there's that. <sighs> Who what? Rowan just said hello. Rowan says hello. Yes, Rowan. Welcome. Good to see you around. Hey, what are these little icons? A one-month subscriber, Prime Gaming. Uh, so Rowan has subscribed through Prime. Through uh, what is that? Amazon Prime Gaming. Oh, Gaming. Okay, okay. Prime Gaming. I'm learning something new. So y'all are helping. Y'all are helping this old man learn some new tricks. So I appreciate that. So it looks like we've got seven people watching this channel and they're over on Twitch, which is very gratifying to see. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Mazer says, when Rowan subscribed, a graphic popped up over my face on that end. So that's, those are the, I know we've got those elements installed on Twitch. <laughs> I'm going to have to pay attention to that a little bit more because I didn't see it. I didn't see it happen. I'll have to go back and look on the playback and, and see what it did because I may have it. I may have to move it um, depending on where it shows up on the, on the video. So anyway, always a barrel of monkeys around here. Um, and the, the audio, I want to double check and make sure uh, is anybody hearing any static? Cause I, I know we've got some in the machines and I think I have tracked down the reason why. And it's, uh, I think we're going to, uh, we're going to end up having to get a little piece of cable that will, uh, it's, it's, it appears for my research, it appears to be a grounding issue, uh, with regard to the fact that, that, uh, the, the microphone mixer and the computer are all plugged into the same circuit here at the studio so it's a wiring wiring thing plug thing so some of that is probably where that static is coming from hopefully it's not too obtrusive it's not distracting that much i think i think it's probably down low enough that nobody really is noticing it but it did i think get the echo taken care of <clears throat> if it's not one thing it's another around here so anyway, there we are. Um, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and close out now that we've got all of the all of the people in. We've got all this activity. Now it's time to stop. <laughs> so, uh, so we will be back uh, with this program on Monday. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out any of the rest of the videos that we've got here and on Twitch and on Odyssey if you're looking for alternate channels odyssey is o-d-y-s-e-e -E. the link is in our show descriptions and uh coming up this weekend a brand new tardis sauce with a doctor who discussion i think they're going to be talking more torchwood but i'm not sure and then of course on saturday morning we've got the week's headlines in uh, sci-fi fantasy and horror on good morning multiverse and that will do it for this week. We do appreciate all of you being here and participating in the chat and helping us reach goals. Life is good.
And then on Monday, we don't have a guest on Monday, but we do have some stuff lined up for the rest of the week. We will send out a newsletter this weekend and uh, and have some details. So be sure you sign up for the newsletter. Catch us on all the socials. And we will be back with more Live from the Bunker next week, Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And remember, there are four lights. Thanks for being here, everybody. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.